Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Did you listen to the game? Watch the game yesterday? It, it, I, I find it so funny, and maybe not so funny, that it can really affect my mood. Grant and I were quite excited. We like to have the Grey Cup just ourselves. I don't like to go to parties because then people talk, and I just like to focus on the game and ask Grant questions because sometimes I miss things. And so we're all pumped about it. I made a big bowl of popcorn. And even the snow, okay, I was figuring out when the first down was because they no longer had that little yellow line helping me, and I was getting through that. But then the outcome and, and how we got to that outcome. You know, I, it's not often that I yell at a TV, and I was yelling at a TV. What is it about sports that get their fans so wrapped up in it. Susan Whitbourne, Emeritus Professor of Psychology, University of Massachusetts Amherst, joins us today. Hello, Susan. Hello, Angela. Now, you have no idea about the Grey Cup, I'm sure, or the teams that we're playing, but I know in the States you've got your own ardent fans when it comes to any sport, in particular football. So you've got to help me out here. I'm just a fan. I'm, I'm watching, and I'm hoping my team wins, but I get mm-hmm. so caught up in it. What's happening to me that I, I have my emotions tied to the success or failure of the Stampeders? Well, uh, the good news in this, uh, Angela, is it means you're a true fan if you get uh, if you crash that hard when uh, your team loses. <laughs> uh, of course, that's also the same as the bad news, <laughs> yes. but it does mean that you're loyal. <laughs> We're loyal. So what's happening? We just we just get so invested in it. You you start to watch someone, and you you think that you're part of that team almost. Absolutely. I I mean, sports, uh, many people do trivialize as being, oh, just, you know, not real life and really just some, you know, entertainment. Uh, Of course, it is entertainment, but it's a particularly dastardly form of entertainment because it's one where you don't know the outcome of the event that you're watching um, until sometimes the very last second or even after that. So, um, but the reason that it we get so caught up in it is that there is that excitement, there is that suspense, but then there's the part of your identity that is wrapped up in your team, your hometown, um, all your friends. Well, you not even necessarily friends who go because they might be rooting for another team, but it's you. Yes. It's, it's what this team means to you. Oh, okay, thank you. I, I know I'm not losing it then, Susan. There's a whole bunch of other people feeling the same way. Is When it comes to sports, though, and as you say, some people mm, trivialize it, is, is it, is it great to be an ardent fan? Because right now in our province, for the last three years, uh, we've had a lousy economy. Lots of people have been out of work. Is this a nice little distraction for people sometimes? Absolutely, uh, and and that's where I think the entertainment value of sports really comes into play, uh, because it's something that, and the more you know, engrossed you get in the game, the less you're thinking about your other problems, and um, you know there is an excitement, there is a charge, there's kind of a rush uh, when things things go well for as long as they go well, and then even when they don't, uh, many people take pride in rooting for the underdog and being the underdog. I mean there are whole, you know, parts of the country um, that just live uh, on the underdog mentality, uh, both your country and my country. 
that matter. Um, And it just shows that we're really um, people who can be trusted and we're not fickle. Um, We're not going to give up on people just because they're not doing well. Hold on here, Susan. I got a couple other questions for you. Susan Whitbourne, she is a professor emeritus, psychology, University of Massachusetts, just trying to understand how we get so caught up in sports and and the outcome. And sometimes we're so quick to jump off that bandwagon as well. It's 337. I'm Angela Cocott. You're listening to Calgary Today on News Talk 770. And we are just talking about fans, especially after a big game like the Grey Cup last night and how they react to whether their team wins or loses. Susan Whitbourne, Emeritus Professor of Psychology, University of Massachusetts, Amherst. Susan, why are fans so fickle? And I'm putting you putting this to you in such a way that our football team that lost yesterday mm-hmm. during the regular season what was it 13 in a row and then and then they lost a couple of games and it was amazing how many fans almost were calling them you know bums it, how quick we were going wow they're doing so well and then oh you lost a couple of games in a row that's ridiculous why are we so quick to jump on and off that bandwagon well, there's, I mean, there's an element of maybe some humor in that, um, you, you know, people will say that, but then deep down under, do they actually feel that way? The true fan doesn't. I mean, just to kind of go along, and of course, you're so you're so irritated and annoyed that you immediately rush to the 180-degree opposite, mm-hmm. you know, extreme. But uh, for some people, that is it. I mean, when, when they're done, they're done. And uh, they, they really just toss them aside as if they're nothing. Um, the true fan will experience some heartbreak <laughs> and angst um, and may, you know, use language that they uh, don't really mean, and, but in the heat of the moment. They 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 say it just yes. like you get mad at people you know in your life. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you don't really mean it. Well, it's almost as if you don't want to be attached to that team. Then here here you are for so many games. You're all proud and part of the success, and then it's like you're distancing yourself from them. And and maybe this mm-hmm. is also some relational thing. I'm not sure, but it, it that's what I always find so funny is we love it when they're winning, but when they lose, wow, there goes our support. Well, yes, and and so that that has a name, uh, as as so much in psychology does, <laughs> called uh, cutting off reflected failure. So uh, that's that is a sign of the fickle fan is uh, they uh, binge bask in reflected glory or binging okay. and cut off reflected failure, um, and and these are the people who really don't want to have any who deny any association with them, throw out all their all their uh, their top, you know, their their T-shirts and their hats and all their paraphernalia, uh, just get rid of it and never really want to think about them again. I mean, that's that's the fickle fan. Mm. The true fan will get angry, you know, will go through a period of maybe mourning yes. <laughs> and uh, all those stages of grief and then uh, come back and bounce back and just... Uh, Always think about next year. Always think about next year. Cut off reflected failure, I think you said was the one. And basking in reflected glory. So it's, I love the reflected, whether it be victory or defeat. Mm -hmm. So it's how it reflects off of me as a fan then. (laughs) 
That's right. Uh, it's all about me uh, yes. in this case, and it's really not about the team or what it represents or, you know, your whole life. Your families were fans, and you had season tickets, the whole bit. It just, none of that means anything to them, and they, uh, they'll go on to the next big thing, whatever that is. <laughs> Susan, uh, thanks for dissecting it for me. I appreciate it. Sure, Angela. My pleasure. Susan Whitbourne, Emeritus Professor of Psychology, University of Massachusetts, Amherst. 403-974-8255. And yes, thanks to the texters who are saying, and it, it was still an awesome game. John, thank you very much for that reminder. And it, and it was. I, I mean, if you look at the whole experience, yeah, it was pretty cool. It's I think the cool thing about sports, it's the the best reality show out there this is no producer on survivor picking the characters and how they're going to react to things this is two teams who you know they've done the regular season you have a certain feeling for how it's going to be but you have no idea what's going to happen and then you throw in that blizzard and the some missed catches some very unfortunate interceptions and you've got the game so i agree john i mean let's let's hope as fans we can say okay so we lost it's unfortunate but there still is next year i think what really is going to be hard for well the team for sure but i'm just talking about the fans I think what's really hard is this was the second year and it almost played out, right? It was it was such a great regular season and they just weren't able to finish the game and, and win the Grey Cup. So I think that's the unfortunate part. 403-974-8255. I've still got a few minutes here. I want to hear from you. And I want to throw out that idea that uh, we're hearing more of, especially when we were watching the game yesterday with the, the blizzard. I mean, the temperature wasn't too bad. It wasn't howling winds like you can get here in Calgary when suddenly with the wind chilled, it's minus 20. But still... It made for a, a difficult game, and and I think it was the the Argonauts. What was it, Posey? When in the pre uh, post game show, someone was saying, you know, what was the turnaround? Well, we just changed our shoes, you know, so they had to kind of adapt to the conditions. But we're hearing more, and now um, CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosia is talking about it as well. That whole idea of shifting the schedule. I want to hear from you. 403-974-8255. You can call with your thoughts on the game, but what do you think of a Grey Cup in October? I think they, the one suggestion, it would be the week after Thanksgiving, so prior to Halloween. And whenever they've mentioned the schedule change in the past, there have been the, the common concerns or arguments about well if you start in june you know we still have the nhl uh playoffs and the nhl stanley cup going on is that going to interfere with uh, the the football well i mean i'm not a big hockey fan so you've got to enlighten me on this as well but sure if your team's in that playoff run great you're you're going to be more focused on that uh but there's a whole bunch of other fans who's Teams won't be in the great uh, in the Stanley Cup, and then also it's the it's the beginning of the regular season, so I think things are just starting to pick up for uh, the CFL anyway. And I really think this is an opportunity as we look at possible expansion in a couple years if Halifax gets it. Um, they, they say the TV ratings have been really good, so that whole idea of the uh, the CFL is 
generating interest is would this be something that would be a kind of cool to uh, as they continue to make things better for the league maybe if the season started in june and ended in october that might be better 403-974-8255 getting lots of text here let me see um yeah someone says you know that's the thing about football it all comes down to one game that is so true um another one says uh let's see here um where uh, unfortunately this year the stampeders didn't win many games the other teams lost the games oh okay i understand what you mean so even if they had that winning streak uh, this texture is saying it wasn't so much the stamps winning it was the other teams losing i mean i guess um you could look at that obviously both ways um bo levi mitchell is not the answer mm. 403-974-8255 uh, let's get some phone calls in here hi gary hi hi what are your thoughts oh. Well, I'll tell you what, as a stamp, long-time Stampeders fan from the 60s uh, right through right to right now, I yeah. feel like a jilted lover. Mm. Yeah, I love this team, and when they win the Grey Cup or, you know, they have the ultimate season, you feel really high, but when they, you know, lose a championship game or they have a, a lousy season, uh and that's happened more than enough in yeah. my in my lifetime. Mm. They just totally disappoint you. And you know, like the last we went through the the sixties when we had the team. Uh, they they were close a couple of times in the nineties during the Wally Buono era. Yes, they did win great cups, but they didn't win enough. They have a championship caliber team, but yeah. they don't deliver the championships. And there's something wrong. I don't know what it is that they play in that decrepitated stadium now, mm. but there's a spirit or there's something in this organization that doesn't sustain success. Which, you know you what, know, Gary, championship. especially, Gary, if you've been a fan since the 60s, you mm -hmm. know that, you know, there's been different teams. So it's not as if it was the same team that played yesterday that played in the 60s. So every year it's going to be a little bit different as you kind of make yeah. some changes and then you get new head coaches and new people yeah. making the decisions. But but you're saying you're saying maybe it's not so much the product on the field. It could be the field and the stadium itself. Well, yeah, it's. You know, and, and I know it's all changed, you know, like before you know, we have a salary cap now and players change, you know, more often on the teams and whatnot. But it, it just seems to me like there's I don't I don't know what exactly what it is. If there's mm. an attitude in the organization that's come up through the 60s, an underlying attitude that doesn't that eludes success, yeah. eludes championships. Interesting. It, Gary, Gary, thanks for the call. Let's see uh, what other okay. listeners have to think about that or have to say about that. 403-974-8255. That, you know, Gary's just saying he's been a fan for all these years and thinking there should be more Grey Cups. What is it that sort of stops them from getting that ultimate championship? Uh, one person says, oh, professional sport is so primitive. We can't watch gladiators kill one another nowadays. So we have sports teams attack each other for our entertainment. It's another way to separate people, liberals versus conservatives, Calgary versus Edmonton, science versus religion, et cetera, et cetera. Wow, you're really going there. Um, I, I do... I, I kind of agree with you when it comes to that whole idea of the gladiators and, oh, come 
on, get them, get them. And so you do become a little bit primitive as a fan. Uh, another one here says, the Grey Cup was a great game. It comes down, oh, right, sorry, that was the, oh, no, it comes down to who makes the fewest mistakes. I just don't like giving up anything to the East, especially Ontario. The reason I do not follow football is, in fact, because you have to abide by the weather. Hmm, okay, so um, it sounds like he, he watched the Grey Cup. It was a great game, but um, doesn't follow it all the time because you have to abide by the weather. Uh, let's squeeze in a few more phone calls here. Hi, Bill. Are you there, Bill? Hello. Hi, Bill. Uh, yeah, I just have one comment to make, to make and that's, uh, that's scriptural. Pride goes before destruction. Hmm. Pride goes before destruction. Yep. Okay, um, Bill's got us thinking about that um, when it comes to what happened with the Stampeders. Uh, another one says, Ange, uh, I love going to football games in the summer evenings. Not a fan of the fall games. At 7, 7.30, cold, dark conditions, a move to an earlier season would potentially help get more butts in the seats. Also, less NFL overlap, so potentially more Saturday or Sunday afternoon games. I would agree with that as well. Sure, there's nothing like a fall football game, but it's got to be a pretty ideal fall football game. And sometimes, especially in Calgary, our fall can be you blink and you missed it. But uh, yeah, when you see the sun is shining on a, a September or October game, but I do think those are fewer and farther apart than the, is common when you think if you had June, July, August. Uh, and I like the idea of getting more bums in the seats. I think that's a, a big thing for the league if they're kind of getting this trend going or if there's a real interest in the league. And as a season ticket holder, I buy tickets to be entertained 10 times a year. If we make the playoffs, great. We had another very entertaining year, including yesterday's game. Many thanks to the Stampeders. And that one's from Stan. Stan, I, I love that. And I think, and that's probably, uh, you're probably the real fan. I, you know, I like to watch the CFL. If the Rough Riders or the Stampeders are in it, I'm I'm interest in it. I've got that vested interest from, you know, being from Saskatchewan or living in Calgary all these years. Uh, would I care to watch a, a Winnipeg-Hamilton game? Eh, not really, unless it means who's going to play the Stampeders in the Western Final or something like that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, <laughs> fact, 88% of CFL teams do not win the Grey Cup every year. <laughs> yeah, so we're not always going to win the Grey Cup, but when we look so good, uh, let's see here. Victoria says, in my opinion, the Stampeders are winners. Just the mere fact that they made it to the final two years in a row. Victoria, thank you very much. What a great reminder for me, Angela. Uh, and finally, oh, here, the team displayed very poor judgment. You do all your chance taking at the beginning, not the last minute. They had no survival skills, just bravado and gambling. Sad. Okay, I want to think of Victoria. I, want, I like Victoria's text. I've got to remember that. We've got news coming up next.